As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be tossed into the void of obscurity, never to be heard from again, or remembered for all of human history. My name is Steve. I'm one of the hosts, and with me is a man who once made a child cry and run away because he thought nobody knew him because he ruined his game of Qberts. It's... It's uh, Yahel. How are you doing, Steve? Are you excited to discuss QAnon's favorite video game, uh, <laughs> Bert? Please refer to me as Q Steve, and I will refer to you as Q Hell. We'll just have to get uh, rid of perfect, the Y. Perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. I, uh, I when I was watching this, I was like, man, this looks like something that um, would some conspiracy theorists would like edit up into like some weird QAnon video, like when the ship is sailing with the giant Q on the. <laughs> <laughs> man that you know usually i would say my mind works that way but i never thought that during this i, I don't know yeah just, it just didn't give me the conspiracy vibes it, it gave me the more vibes of uh licensed video game laziness and cartoon oh yeah vibes. yeah yeah for sure for sure it's just funny how like everything is like cue this cue that right uh but uh which is basically the only gimmick uh going on it's like somebody was sitting around and was like, "Hey, what if we did a Qbert cartoon and just called everything Q? Yeah, Q this, Q that." And then we'll have Frank Welker do like seventy-five percent of the voices. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Frank Welker, I assume, was like t- tied to a, uh, a desk and with a microphone <laughs> attached to it. His eyes were uh, taped open and forced to read the script. Uh, no, change your voice, Frank. <laughs> Yes, uh, so uh, we are talking about the Hubert, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's not really a Thanksgiving special, just a Thanksgiving uh, episode that premiered on uh, Saturday Supercade. Now, when I told you that we were going to be covering a Hubert <laughs> Thanksgiving special, uh, what was your first reaction? I, I I was like, oh, Qbert had a cartoon, right? Uh, <laughs> right, right. But don't don't forget, this isn't our gonna, first gonna... time discussing Saturday Supercade. We sort of briefly went over it in our um, Super Mario Brothers episode. Uh, so if you love uh, video games that get turned into cartoons, you got to make sure you uh, check out our Super Mario Brothers episode. It pretty much went viral on TikTok, a certain segment of it. Uh, so you should... Uh, <laughs> yeah. d- if you love seeing your uh, video game characters in cartoon form and also brought to life in mm-hmm. weird, uh, possibly sexually inappropriate <laughs> situations, that is the episode for you to watch slash listen to on our podcast. That's the best advertisement I've ever heard for yeah. this show. Uh, and maybe of all time for anything um, do you like if you enjoy being sexually uncomfortable it's the show it's the episode right right unfortunately or fortunately 
there's not really much uh, sexual innuendo in the Hubert cartoon. Um, well, but uh, I think that's good yeah, it's for kids. That's <laughs> why I said fortunately. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, let's just uh, dive right in to uh, some more Hubert. Are you ready, Q Hell? I am ready, Q Steve. Cue right. it up. Oh. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, so before we dive into the Qbert cartoon and the very uh, dense layers of the Q universe, or mm. is it Q universe? Uh, I'll have to. I don't, I, I don't know. I'll have to check to see what my uh, weird uncle on Facebook is saying about <laughs> the Q universe these days. <laughs> uh, I figured uh, we could chat a little bit about uh, the Qbert video game. Um, do you have any? Because it's obvious. Neither of us had ever heard of this cartoon before, but do you have any right. memories with the Qbert character and or the video game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I played the video game. Uh, I remember playing it in arcades and some of the home ports. Mm -hmm. I never owned it because, I mean, it's it's Qbert. Right. Uh, it's I, I played it a little bit before we uh, started recording just to kind of remind myself of what you do. And yeah, you just kind of, you're on this like pyramid made of cubes of boxes mm -hmm. and uh you just uh, have to jump on each one to turn it whatever the target color is for that level mm -hmm. as uh enemies kind of drop down and chase after you so you're trying to avoid them and uh it's a, it was a lot more challenging than i remember it being uh at least the arcade version i i, I think you might have played one of the home ports right oh yes i played a rom of the nintendo version and I also played uh, somebody remade it in Flash that you can play for free somewhere on the Internet. And, uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I remembered it always being hard. <laughs> it still was. I don't even think I got past the first level, uh, maybe ever, or at least not this time. But uh, but I remember it was one of two games that I got. Uh, remember the old uh, Nokia brick phone? I can't remember the actual, you know, uh, serial number. Like, like brick brick or the one with snake like that was indestructible? Well, yeah. All right. You got the uh, yeah, there's the version with snake and then there's another version uh, after that. And I remember I had two games on it. One was some racing game and another one was a uh, Qbert. So I got pretty good at that, uh, you know, because the that was the only way to kill time back in the day. <laughs> you know, you, yeah, only way. Yeah, yeah. Libraries didn't exist. <laughs> well, uh, you know, if you're waiting <laughs> in a movie, didn't exist. Newspapers weren't a thing. Yeah, I know. I remember, Steve. We, we didn't have books till a few years after Qbert. From what I remember, what I'm, Cuba hit cell phones. What I'm trying to say is if you're waiting for a movie to start in a movie theater, it's kind of hard to bring out your copy of whatever bullshit Star Trek novel you happen to be reading at the time. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, I guess you wouldn't have one because none of them are bullshit. So, wow. <laughs> no, no. You bring out your Nokia and you play either Snake or, in my case, you play Qbert. And um, I got pretty good at that one. I mean, I'm sure I never got past probably the third level. But yes, basically what we're saying here is Qbert is... The bar for pretty good has never been lower. Qbert's <laughs> <laughs> hard, man. I got pretty good at it. I got to the third level. Qbert is hard. <laughs> I mean, there, the bar was set high back then because, you know, there were so few games to choose from. They wanted to suck those quarters right out of little yeah. boys' pockets. Um, and, oh, strange phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> they uh and you know it, it was an arcade game originally mm -hmm. and arcade games they want you to lose often yes. so that you have to put in more quarters so, you know it's definitely a quarter muncher uh is the actual term uh mm -hmm. and yeah when i was playing the arcade version i was like 
holy shit, I do not remember it being this difficult. I got through the first level after like five tries. Mm. So nice, yeah. nice. Um, so yeah, the game was actually created by Gottlieb. And, uh, and yeah, I think really the only way to play Qbert where you can have any chance of actually beating it is probably in the arcade with its, you know, proper controls, uh, using a, a Nokia keyboard or even like a regular keyboard for the PC is, uh, yeah, pretty hard, pretty, pretty hard. Um, yeah. And, and there was something I wanted to mention, Steve, um, and I don't know if you came across this, but, um, it's fairly new so i think it's worth discussing and maybe i should have gotten this book and uh gotten some little factoids from it mm -hmm. but a book about uh the creation of cubert was written and came out uh this year oh nice um came out in january it's called creating cubert uh and other classic video arcade games but it seems like they really concentrate on cubert um it is available on amazon uh for 20 bucks if you want a hardcover 10 bucks if you want the kindle version mm -hmm. uh so yeah and according to the reviews it's uh pretty interesting and pretty good so if you if you're a q fan qbert <laughs> fan not q and on yeah uh please pick up this book actually if you're a q and on fan pick up this book you, you need different reading material yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree but nah video game history is always uh pretty interesting um yeah i agree but and speaking of the designers of Qbert, uh, were or are were I'm pretty sure they're still alive. Uh, Warren Davis and Jeff Lee. And the chief programmer was Warren Davis himself, and Jeff Lee was the artist. And uh, the composer of the very memorable um, Qbert music is David Thief. Apparently, wait, no, I'm sorry, Thile, Thile, Thile. What a <laughs> your name? And I think it might be pronounced Thiel. Is it spelled T H I E L? Yes. I thought that's pronounced like feel, mm -hmm. but I, I mean I could be wrong. I could be. Yeah, wrong. and the exact release date, in case uh, anyone cares, is October eighteenth, nineteen eighty two. So uh, arcades across the world get Qbert just in time for Halloween, and it's been ported yeah. to so many different platforms. I mean, you got the Atari twenty six hundred, fifty two hundred, ColecoVision, Commodore, Nintendo Game Boy Color, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, did you did you see that the programmer for a Qbert uh, was a stand up comedian? No, I did not know that. Wow, is this... yeah. So he was a Chicago stand up comedian. Um, obviously, he, uh, he he had previously like uh, I guess studied computer engineering mm -hmm. uh, or worked as a computer engineer. I, I don't remember exactly, but basically, he answered an ad from uh, the company you mentioned, Gottlieb, mm -hmm. uh, and the first game that he created for them was uh, Qbert. <laughs> uh that's yeah that's awesome uh but yeah i think i wonder if he was so the... so kids if you have dreams of being a famous stand-up comedian don't follow your dreams go work in an office and uh create cubert and maybe uh 30 years later somebody will talk about your game being unfairly difficult right because uh, uh <laughs> things are going so great in the tech industry right now there isn't mass layoffs this is the time to get in <laughs> yeah. it's the time to get in it's the future's never been brighter or bluer Right, right. Uh, that's that's a Twitter reference. <laughs> it's not Twitter, <laughs> Facebook. They're all going down the shitter. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully not YouTube. Um, so uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think like I wonder if he was the one, uh, Warren Davis, if he was the guy. But it's like, oh, let's make Hubert swear whenever he die or gets hit by one of the characters. Because I think that's what sort of everybody, at least that's what it said here in the wiki, that everyone 
you know, thought Hubert and his weird swearing was just hilarious back in the day. Um, but yeah, and I was a little surprised to see it pop up in the. Uh, oh man, we- I popped. I popped. <laughs> as a Hubert <laughs> fanboy, or Q boy, as they're called. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't think you want to call Q boy, Q man. Hey, look, dude, this is we're taking it back, man. Hubert was first, QAnon was later, so we're taking it's it back. Right, they- it's all right. They can they can keep it. They the only cue I need in my life is John Delancey. Oh, I knew we were gonna get to that eventually. <laughs> all right. So anything else to add about the Hubert video game? Uh, I don't think so. Um, again, like Steve mentioned, uh, there were several ports. Uh, you can get it on mobile. I don't know how the mobile version is. We were just looking it up before we uh, started recording, and it uh, looks like they remade it. it seems like it's uh, the same style of gameplay. Um, but yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I, did you know anybody that owned any of the home ports for Qbert? No, I can never recall going over to a friend's house and him being like, Hey, do you want to play Qbert? Oh, wait, nope. Nope. Let me backtrack there. My cousin who had an Atari before I had a, um, Nintendo or before he got a Nintendo, pretty sure he had a copy Qbert. That's it. Okay, I, I can see people having it for the Atari mm-hmm. twenty, like the twenty six hundred yep. or fifty two hundred or something like mm-hmm. that, because uh, there were a lot of puzzle games uh, on it, and obviously puzzle games kind of lend themselves better to the uh, lack to the limitations of those early <laughs> systems. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, jumping into the Cubert uh, uh, cartoon, or <clears throat> excuse me, animated featurette whatever you want to call it. Uh, it uh, premiered on uh, Saturday Supercades, which was, I mean, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's like a collection of Saturday morning cartoons that all featured, uh, I guess, popular arcade characters at the time. And that show ran from 1983 to 1985. And there's uh, 26 episodes. This particular episode aired on November 26, 1983, just in time for Thanksgiving. Um, And it is uh, directed by one Charles A. Nicholas. And uh, some other stuff that the great uh, Nicholas directed was 14 episodes of the Police Academy cartoon. We're just going to have to review it eventually because it just keeps popping up. Yeah, it just keeps popping up. Alvin and the Chipmunks, uh, the Rambo cartoon, and the uh, Dragon's Lair cartoon. Did you hear that there's supposed to be a new Dragon's Lair sort of like interactive cartoon or something coming out on Netflix? Yeah, I heard that there's going to be. I didn't know it was going to be interactive, but I did hear that Netflix uh, is doing something with uh, Dragon's, Dragon's Lair. Lair. Sorry, I don't know why I just blanked <laughs> out. Uh, I, I, and, you know, I should have mentioned earlier about that Cuber book. It's written by Warren Davis. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh man i just watched uh weird the al yankovic um biopic and wouldn't it be hilarious i saw your i saw your post about it you were very uh very into it. oh it's awesome very very hard for it it's hilarious if if you watch it you'll get hard for it too and i just imagine that warren davis (laughs) if he like exaggerated the the creation of cubert a little bit it's like after i killed the ninjas then i got the code and then cubert was finally (laughs) created and that's basically how the Weird Al biopic yeah. works. Yeah, there's a, there's a chapter how I killed Hitler in yeah. the book, uh. yeah, and then made love to several I, women all before creating Cubert. 
So uh, the writer of um, this particular episode of Hubert is a guy by the name of Gary Greenfield, and he has mm. worked on uh, X-Men, the animated series, Rubik, the Amazing Cube, Centurions, and, of course, Police Academy, the series. Of course. <laughs> and of course. also, I just wanted to throw in there, he also ended up working on the Mega Man cartoon because old, old Greenfield here was getting typecast as the video game cartoon guy, I guess. Uh, and the production companies include Ruby Spears Productions, who you might know. Uh, we already previously talked about one of their great uh, creations in Tiger Sharks. Of course, they are the creators of the whole Ruby Spears universe that include Thundercats and Silverhawks. Uh, and then, of course, Taft Entertainment Television, which <laughs> I guess has something to do with President Taft in some way. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, and that is basically, I mean, you know, it's a tight shift. You don't need a whole bunch of people to create a genius like uh, the Qbert cartoon. Uh, so who are some of the thespians who lended their voice uh, for this great creation? Well, it's a pretty short list. <laughs> uh, despite the number of characters, there are there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine characters uh, here that speak, mm -hmm. uh, but only three uh, voice <laughs> actors. <laughs> so first up, we've got Julie uh, McWhorter, mm -hmm. uh, who somehow only plays one character. She's the only person that gets the, the joy of just concentrating mm. on playing Viper, who's uh, the female serpent. Uh, the serpents are all like the bad guys. Um, anyways... Julie McWhorter uh, just has some other voice acting stuff in her resume. Uh, nothing that really stuck out to me where I was like, oh, she did that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, she was on like the Jetsons Meet the Flintstones, Bobby's World. Uh, I bet you like Bobby's World. You seem like you, like you would have been a Bobby's World <laughs> well, kid. I mean, I think it was one that I just sort of turned on because I was waiting for something else to come on. I didn't think it was. Uh -huh. What do you dislike uh -huh. Bobby's World? I, well, I don't know. Are we going to cover it? Someday? I mean, I? I don't think so. Uh, I think it's probably I, uh, no. I don't. I don't like it. I, I mean, like I never it. thought it was the greatest thing. I, I think I just turned it on while I was waiting for something better to come on. I, uh, I had like three friends growing up that really liked Bob. I never knew anyone who and, liked it. Well, they were friends in the sense that they live in my neighborhood and they're kids, and there's nothing to do but play Snake and Cubert on your <laughs> on your Nokia phone, right? So you got to hang out with these people. Uh, you. It was all harder to be an introvert that those days. Right. Uh, kids. For real. But uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, anyways, they were annoying little shits <laughs> and they grew up to be even more annoying adults. So uh, I was just, just checking. Wow. In, I think Not we're saying that you're annoying. <laughs> like, I was so if like... I would have said, yes, I liked Bobby's world. Where would our friendship like continue after that? What direction would it go into? Uh, oh, a healthy distance. I would have just uh, <laughs> kept on the opposite side of the country and it would have been fine. Steve. We're already doing that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right anyways moving on then we've got uh billy bowles who uh play or excuse me not billy bowles yeah billy bowles all uh, plays cuber and i'm sorry billy bowles also only plays one character mm -hmm. uh so there's actually four actors on here anyways he plays the uh titular cubert uh he actually the last thing that i could find that he did was in 1986 <laughs> Uh, so only three years after this, uh, it was something called the Kingdom Chums. Never heard of which it. I don't like it the way that that sounds. <laughs> uh, but he was uh on an on screen actor as well. He was like in Mod Squad hmm. was the only kind of thing that stuck out to me. Then we've got Robbie Lee. Uh, Robbie Lee, she plays Q T. Mm -hmm. 
Q asterisk T-E-E. These are like Klingon names. Or it's always <laughs> like a Q apostrophe than something, than whatever their actual name is. Right. Uh, anyways, so QT is supposed to be kind of like a valley girl. She plays Q Val, which I don't even remember what Q Val said, but it's another female character on the on the Qberts side, the Q people. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, Robbie Lee uh, had uh, quite a few uh, like on screen and voice acting things. Uh, I did think it was pretty funny that she was also in Bobby's World, uh, but also she played a character on Rainbow Bright called Twink. Uh, so. <laughs> Was so Twink was a, a female character. I I I guess that would be my guess, but uh, she played a few characters, but she was in thirteen episodes. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Frank Welker, who pulls uh, quadruple no quintuple duty uh, on this episode, voicing five characters. Mm-hmm. He voices Cue Ball, which I think was like the dumb surfer kind of guy. Cumongous, mm-hmm. which is like. The dumb, muscular guy. He's, yeah. He, uh, that, that, he plays Coily, which is like the dumb <laughs> leader of the bad guy, Serpents guy. Mm-hmm. He plays Ugg, which is the dumb henchman. <laughs> one of the serpents. You're seeing a pattern here, Steve. Yeah. Uh, and he also plays Wrong Way, which is another one of the uh, henchmen for the Serpents. Uh, Frank Welker, of course. It's been in a, by the way, have you noticed this is the first time I pronounced his last name correctly? I'm really proud of you. I really am. Thanks, Steve. It's only been like nearly uh, like a year and a half of this show, and he's on like a third of them. Mm-hmm. I think like uh, we're running up on uh, two years because uh, yeah, yeah. But good job. Um, anyways, he's he's a thank you, thank you. He's a very well known voice actor, probably most famous for uh, his stuff with Transformers. He's still very active in the voice acting world. But Steve, I don't think I brought this up. And despite every besides us having Frank on numerous episodes, mm-hmm. he's been in five Star Trek uh, things. Really? Like what? He's been. Yeah, I, he was in they, going all the way back to Star Trek three, the search for Spock. Mm-hmm. He did the voice of Spock screaming. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. So Spock screaming. Is that what you just said? Yes. So. Leonard Nimoy couldn't do he he was like no I'm not doing that so they had to get Frank Welker he, he, in. Leonard Nimoy won't raise his voice above seven decibels. <laughs> it's very well known. Steve. <laughs> wow. No, so basically, uh, in the search for Spock, like Spock was killed at the end of the second Star Trek movie, and mm-hmm. this is uh, anyway this is kind of how they bring him back. He doesn't really like speak, and there's a part where he like screams. I, he probably did like one of the screams when it was like young Spock. Mm-hmm. Because Spock is basically like reborn. Anyways, I don't want to explain it all. We don't have that kind of time here, Steve. Uh, but he was also in Star Trek Starfleet Academy, the video game. He was uh, the voice of an alien creature in Star Trek Voyager. He was in Star Trek Starfleet Command. Volume 2, Empires at War. Holy shit, could that title be any longer? That's a video game. Uh, he was in Star Trek uh, Starfleet Command. Orion Pirates, which is also a video game. And those are the five uh, items that he covered in Star Trek. Wow. Well, here you go, Frank. You deserved this many episodes ago. Have Here's your connection. Ah! Oh, no! We've just entered another Star Trek connection! Ah! Yeah, well, the man deserves his uh, legendary status. It- it serves his his flowers is what the uh, the hip kids say, Steve. Come on, what? get get with it, Steve. Is that a saying? Yeah, 
No, it really is. Like when you, instead of saying, you know, to give somebody credit or whatever, you know, oh, you know, give that man or give her her flowers or whatever. Like huh. Man, you're just so, so into the youth culture. I just, I'm so uh, glad Steve, you're here. When you're an alcoholic that uh, goes out. <laughs> it dates 20 uh, year olds. And, uh, <laughs> and I have not done that for a long time. Steve. But uh, it's called market research, Steve, for our podcast. And somebody has to make the sacrifice. I appreciate it. I really do. So you're ready. But, uh, to... It's almost like I subconsciously like kept all his Star Trek credits in my back pocket just in case. <laughs> One day it's a break in case of emergency. I mean, I just hope one day we're both at a con and, you know, it's like one of those things where we just run into him in an elevator or something. And then you can be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're Frank Welker from and then list all the Star Trek stuff. And he's like from Spock screams. <laughs> that should have been the name of our follow up project to uh, to a stunt. Sounds like a punk band. Yeah. Yeah. Spock screams. There is a pr- maybe what's up? I was going to say, maybe in the elevator, we can uh, ask him to do the screen. Yeah, it'd <laughs> be so weird. I mean, we <laughs> he can't even remember. We can't be the first it. people to ask him to do that. But I was going to say there's also a prog band called Spock's Beard, who are actually quite good. But I know you're not into prog. Uh, so anyway, are you ready to jump in to the twists and turns of Qbert Thanksgiving for the memories? Let's let's do it. All right. So we get the earth. Sort of cheesy opening uh, title card with uh, your sort of typical sounding Hanna-Barbera style music playing uh, behind it. Uh, what were your what were your initial thoughts right when you saw the the opening card here? Uh, I mean, I I did not think I was in for a good time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it looked uh, you know like your typical cheap early eighties. You know, Saturday morning. Yeah, this thing. actually. So, I mean, I, it really wasn't a big surprise. This is pretty. Mm-hmm. This actually feels. It's like you know they say that how uh, you know when you go to the very beginning of like an era like the '80s, it still feels like the previous era. This feels like right. '70s cartoons, not '80s. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, we get a wide shot of Kuberg High School, and it's daytime. And then we are inside a very busy classroom uh, in sits Qbert's. And then we pan over to one Qmongus. And I don't know, I have to say, I kind of chuckle at these names that they actually bothered to kind of give them all sort of funny names. I'm just shocked that they even like made like a Qbert cartoon. I mean, I know there's no story in the game. I don't remember there being like additional characters besides Qbert. Well, there's no lore. Coily is in there, but you're right. Well, Coily, yeah, he's one of the enemies, right? right. But but I mean, but in the enemy, yeah, they call him Coily, but he's a naked spider. Well, snake, uh, snake, snake. A snake, excuse <laughs> me, that, you know, he like kind of springs down mm. out to get you. And I mean, I, I guess Qbert's kind of naked too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, they're but all. in the cartoon, they're wearing clothes. Right, right. It's <laughs> What happened? Wait, where's this happened train between? of thought going? Somebody, somebody like at the uh, studio was like, hey, this is too sexy. Hubert's too sexy. Mm-hmm. We need to put some clothes on him, you know. Are you accusing Warren Davis of having some weird a- naked alien fetish or something? No, no, no. I don't think Warren Davis did anything wrong. I think the some studio execs started sexualizing <laughs> in, in his or her mind these characters. And he's like, oh, we got to. We're going to put clothing on these. It's getting a little warm in well, here. Well, if Qbert was released today, there'd definitely be a lot of shipping. A lot of shipping. Now, there, there's yeah, a, well, I mean, he's, there's some hip terms for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he's got that long, 
thick, girthy <laughs> nose, uh, but it, it can also serve as an orifice <laughs> and as an orifice filler. I... Wow. The cues probably have a fun reproductive life. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. One, one could only imagine because, yeah, there's yeah. not much of that going on in this cartoon. Uh, yeah. So Q-Mungus, he, he's like this big, bu- big blue Q-Bert in a... Big he's a big Q-Bert in a wife beater. And he says, like, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. And Q-Bert agrees. And then in comes Coily. How would you describe how Coily sounds, his voice? Uh... I mean, it definitely sounds like a bad guy in a cartoon, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll give him that. But I, I don't know, like, also kind of just stupid. <laughs> it's like a like a lot of these voices are sort of bad impressions of like older, like 1940 stars. Not a lot of them, but Coily sounds like a, a little like Rodney. I didn't does he? Do, no, he makes a Rodney Dangerfield joke. Right, right at the end, which mwah, icing on the cake, I say. Uh, but uh, no, he sounds like. You know, a bad a villain from like a 1940s motorcycle movie or something. He's like, I could see that. Yeah. And like he, somebody that's given the newsies a hard time. Right. And then his girlfriend, Viper, is obviously a Mae West impersonation. Uh, you know, she was that um, actress who was always like, Oh, how you doing there? Why don't you come over and see me? Like everything she said sounded. Oh, that, that was a real person? That was like a. Yeah, Mae West. Yeah. You don't know Mae West? Oh, okay. I- no, I'm I'm very Steve. I'm I'm young and hip. I'm I'm of the streets. Hey, it's called know, uh, it's called film history. That's okay. You're the video game guy. I'm the film guy. That's that's why we're doing a podcast together. Yeah, I I I I, I literally legit always thought that was just like a general impression of the time, like like newsies when people are like ah see or right. like that voice or whatever. Right, right. I thought it was just kind of one you of those. Things all women in the '40s sounded like Mae West. <laughs> No, no, no. That I just thought it was like one of those general, like a general, like 1940s gangster impression. Right, right. Like I, general newsies impression. That I gotcha. I gotcha. So, and obviously, all women sounded like that. <laughs> they should if they don't. Uh, so, Coily comes over. He's actually wearing a you know, leather biker jacket or bomber, whatever you want to call it. He's wearing SM. Uh, leather daddy gear. I say that because of the hat. Oh, it's right. Like so, like motorcyclist hat. from the village people kind of attire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he goes, all right, so Kubert agrees. He's like, oh, I like Thanksgiving, too. And Coily's all, sure you would, because you're a dumb toiky. I'd, me- I'd rather mess around. And then he throws a paper airplane. And I'm surprised how cinematic this cartoon is, because we pan. <laughs> cinematic? <laughs> I mean, cinematic? I mean, I had low, low, low expectations for this um for this cartoon like i was thinking and you feel the expectation okay and you feel like you received some cinematic I, uh visuals uh that were i mean i was expecting hanna barbera level and i mean and i love hanna barbera but they're not very cinematic i mean they were over they were quality yeah. over quantity back then and i would say this was slightly better than like uh you know og hanna barbera anyway throws a paper airplane and it lands in the teacher's hair and she goes uh everybody settle down take your seats because it's time to learn about Qbert's Thanksgiving and uh this is when I st- there's like a wasn't there like an audible groan too from the class yeah like, oh yeah they groaned and like they've already heard this story right and this is where I start having questions about the world and it's just like mm-hmm. are they all Qbert's 
but then there's a guy named Qbert. Like what right. are the what is the name of this like you know race of aliens in this world? Right? Are they aliens? I mean, because I mean, then there's these like snakes, right? And uh, then why are they even celebrating Thanksgiving? Which is a <laughs> are, why are there Native American cubits? Right. <laughs> Right. And didn't they call them like Q noses or something like? Uh, um, I, I they had some weird name for the Native Americans that I was like, I'm like, and something about their noses, which it's it sounds racist, but it's just because like these Q creatures have like big noses. They all do. It should have been. Uh, they should have called them Quindians or something. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I, listen. I think we should just be glad that the small wonder writers weren't working. On this oh episode. yeah, I was going to ask you at the like, end oh. about uh, about this versus uh, small wonder. Uh, yeah, we should do that. We, we should see. We should see which one of us thinks. Uh, which of these two properties do we think was more racist towards? Right. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. Save it for the end. Okay. Uh, so then, uh, all right, because it's time to learn about Thanksgiving. And then she says it started over 350 years ago when the pilgrims came over on the Q flower. And then just as Yehel said, um, we cut to, and now we're inside the story. We see your sort of typical ship at sea with a giant Q on the sails. Like, whoo, that is some amazing art design right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anything, yeah. any comments to make? Uh, so far, uh, it was really weird that they had Marjorie uh, Taylor Green like behind the rudder, but uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, no, 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 no commentary here other than uh, you know, I, I also started wondering about this the world that they were setting up because it's like okay, mm -hmm. so they're these cute creatures, but they're pilgrims. <laughs> they're, they have the exact same history. And anyways, I, I'm sure you're going to get to the next scene now where we find out like that they're they're traveling to America. Mm -hmm. They never call it America, to, though. They just call it the right, new. Right. But I mean, that's yeah. the new world or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, to like win a contest. Well, I don't think win a buggy. They're not going there to win a contest. OK, so this is the scene. All the again, I call them Cuberts. We don't really know what they're. That's fine. They're, I, I think that's fine. All the Cuberts are gathered around listening to Old Man Blue Cubert. I don't think this this guy didn't have a name uh, that I could find, uh, and he's talking about the new their new community, the new world that they're going to build. And then he and then he says that the youngster who pitches in the most will get a customized Q horse and buggy. Now. You saw the picture of the Q horse and buggy. Mm, it sure did. What is the difference between a regular horse and a Q horse? Because they look just the same to me. Well, Steve, th this Q horse isn't listening to the fake liberal media. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a horse that identifies as a him, uh, but doesn't listen to pronouns. Right. No, I, I don't know what the difference is. Yeah. And what what did you think about the wheels? Yeah, that's uh, the weird thing. Is like, buggy. I don't know, were the wheels supposed to be like a giant pixel? Because uh, for some reason, the wheels... They were square. Yeah, the wheels are square. Like, it makes no sense. Why didn't they just write a Q on it like they did for the Q flower? Like, I don't know. And, like, so they have balls, like, as we see later, mm -hmm. like, like that, that they throw around or whatever. So they're, they know what spheres and circular things are right. and that they roll. <laughs> but yet... Like not when when I saw that like it was square that it had square wheels on the picture I was like well maybe this is I don't know some weird drawing mm -hmm. and they made a mistake in the art or whatever and then 
once we see it, it'll have t- regular round tires. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> when you see the buggy later in real life, it's got square uh, wheels. Yeah. Those aren't even wheels. They just have squares <laughs> where the wheels should be. <laughs> well, you think about it, listener slash viewer, while we move forward. So, uh, yes. Coily, I mean, basically, all right, this whole episode, if you haven't figured it out yet, is the old trope where you take all the regular actors from the the regular series or show or whatever it is that you're watching, like your Saved by the Bell or your Simpsons, and then you recast them into the role of, uh, you know, in this case, uh, Pilgrims. And um, so, yeah, Coily is here as well. And he says he's going to risk, wreak, wait, he's going to ruin the chances of um, of Qbert uh, winning the Q-Horse and Buggy. And uh, Viper agrees with him. And then someone yells, Land Ho! And here we get uh, our only interaction with Q-Val. Uh, I assume, what was the voice actress's name? Do you remember? I, I, it doesn't matter, um, but Q- she probably... <laughs> Q-Val was Robbie Lee. Okay, I assume Robbie Lee was uh, married or dating one of the people who, were, who was making this uh, show. And they just needed to throw her some work. Q-Val... In the most obnoxious Voight Valley Girl impersonation you've probably ever heard, um, is worried that there won't be any stores or makeup parlors <laughs> in the new world. And uh, then Cubert is just like, don't worry, we'll build them. Uh, what do you think of Q Val's Valley Girl accent? Uh, I didn't know it was supposed to be a Valley Girl accent from the accent. Like, you kind of figure it out from what she says mm-hmm. more than. Um, I mean, I had to rewind just to understand what she was saying. Um, Yeah, it was pretty hard to understand. I I almost wondered if like they did some kind of some kind of effects or alter her voice in some way, because it sounded very weird and difficult to understand. uh, They put on the I'm drunk filter when she showed up to record. Ah, I see. see. (laughs) So uh, they arrive on shore and uh, immediately they meet some Q Indians uh, Qbert meets uh, Q Eagle, who's basically another Qbert wearing your sort of typical uh, Native American garb. Um, Which, by the way, we were not able to find who did the uh, voice of Q Eagle. Eh, I couldn't find. Just assume that it's Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about this uh, Q Eagle, quote unquote, uh, Native American accent. accent? Oh, I mean, it's the typical sort of going bad accent at the time i mean he basically sounds like um you know tonto the lone rangers you know sort of sidekick or whatever and that's basically how all indian slash native americans sounded in uh, american pop culture until maybe the 90s uh yeah so yeah what can you do so q eagle says they will be happy to teach them how to build houses and fish and then Coily and his gang say they're going to play some doity tricks because they don't like that the Indians are helping Qbert because it means it will be harder for them to win. Uh, do you think that's adequate motivation for um, Coily and his uh, evil deeds? I mean, no, but <laughs> I, I, you know this is for kids, and I guess you gotta get the plot moving, right? But uh, right. it. it, it you know, he's definitely one of these characters, uh, these bad guys. That's a bad guy for the sake of being a bad guy, basically. Right. And you're um, not going to get doesn't have any much more out of a 10 minute cartoon. Um, yeah, 
So now there's a time lapse and we see some houses are built and Kubert says he's got one more nail and then he's done. So he's about to lay down the hammer. Coily and his gang look on and he said, hey, we took out all the other nails, which I mean, it's amazing that this house can still hold together despite the fact that they somehow removed all yeah. the nails. And how are they removing these nails without them noticing? Because presumably they're going just behind them and removing all the nails. And Steve, yes. the Native Americans are the ones that taught. They said, hey, we're going to teach you how to build houses. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Native Americans building log cabins? Because that's what Kubert's built, a fucking log cabin. See, now if they would have been... With a chimney. See, they should have been like, why don't we combine our knowledge of like house building um, but no, right. you're right. I mean, the Native Americans said they were going to teach them how to do everything. So they should be, you know, I guess in typical sort of pop culture, Native American fashion building, you know, teepees. <laughs> I I'm starting to think they didn't have like a Native American consultant on this episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he brings down his hammer and the entire house slash log cabin just falls to pieces. And uh, for the next scene, Cubert and Cumungus are plowing a field. Like Cumungus is basically like hooked up to the plow, while Cubert and I think a few other people sort of rock the plow. And uh, Coily pulls uh, itching powder out of nowhere. They're like hanging out in a tree, and as they that, that that's what you want to bring on your trip across the. Uh... Your treacherous trip where you may die just because it's, uh, you know, years ago. Sure, bring some itching power. Absolutely. Uh, and as Cumungus and Cubert pass underneath, they pour itching powder in Cumungus, and it makes him actually plow faster. So you can see where this is going now with these uh, pranks, if you will. Now we're at the old fishing hole, and... Um, Cubert and the gang are fishing off of a dock. Coily goes under the water grabs Kubert's hook and attaches it to a massive fish. And now where did you think this uh, prank was going to go as he was doing this? I don't know. I mean, because like you said, like it's obvious that whatever this dude does to, uh, to try and subvert Kubert, like is going to backfire on him mm -hmm. in some way. So I didn't know where this was going. I thought maybe he did Coily was going to get eaten or something. Or... <laughs> yeah. Hey. Something like that. But I don't know. In a bizarre turn, uh, the massive fish pulls Cubert, causing the dock to dislodge. And as they're like flying across the, you know, the top of the water. Yeah, they, it turned part of the dock into like a boat slash jet ski being pulled by this giant fish. Mm -hmm, which uh, basically exactly you could have never predicted that this is what was going to happen next. No, 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 no. <laughs> Old Greenfield must have, uh, he must have been on some lewds or something at the time when he was writing or, this. Or had the craziest fishing trip with his dad. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so yeah, basically this, uh, you know, hydroplane sort of thing causes, causes fish to get tossed out of the fishing hole and it lands right, they land right in the baskets that I guess they were going to put fish in. So once again... Hubert wins thanks to Coily's uh, stupid pranks. Time lapse again, and the voiceover tells us that the pilgrims were prospering. And old man, I'm just going to call him Bluebert. Old man Bluebert says he's going to announce the winners. 
and says, man, and this has got to be the longest sort of contest that's ever been in the history of contests right. because, I mean, they're building houses, like time is marching on. I mean, it has to be over like a, a year time span. And he's been uh, no, the old man blue says that it's been a year yeah. since they've been there. He uh, like, and he's been keeping track the whole time, which which is scary. <laughs> he's just got like like books and books of notes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so of course the finalists are Hubert and Coily. I mean, was anyone else even participating? Like we don't even know. But, but like Coily hasn't done shit that we've seen other than like try and mess things up. So like. What's everybody else doing? Like, if Coily is somehow, you know, contributing more than everybody else, even though he's a bad guy, wearing leather chaps or whatever. You know, <laughs> uh, How does a snake wear leather chaps? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we can only assume that Coily must have been doing stuff off screen. Um, that's the only way I can I rationalize guess. it. Um, but uh, Q-Ball um, tells Cubert, don't worry, you'll nose him out. <laughs> Some little nose mm. humor there because, uh, you know, Cubert, he's got a big nose and does a lot of cocaine. Uh, <laughs> Viper, uh, once again, uh, tells Coily that uh, Cubert's going to beat him. And uh, Coily says that he borrowed Cubit's ball to trip up Cubert and make him look like a joik. Uh, now, again, in, in case you had a hard time understanding what they were saying, which, I mean, I did, Qubit apparently is Qbert's little brother, basically a child, which makes this next scene all the harder to watch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, he basically, Coily rolls out Qubit's ball, Qbert trips and falls into a cart of pudding? <laughs> like, why, yeah, why was there like, a cart of pudding there? <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't tell if it was like pudding or pies or custard cakes, but whatever. Some kind of pastry right. or dessert of some yeah. sort. He Cubert stands up angry, uh, swearing like he does in the video game, and his nose grows for some reason. I don't remember that from the video game at all. When he gets aroused. Right. And then uh, Q-Ball shows up, and he blames Cubit, a child, for leaving his ball out. And, I mean, basically, he really lays into him. Uh, and then Cubit, he like defends himself. He's like, that's not my ball. I left my ball in the house. And he's like, yeah, sure. Likely story. And then Cubit, like Cubit bursts into tears and looks like right at the camera. And he says, oh, they don't believe me. I might as well run away because nobody loves me anymore. Well, that's why his mom didn't come on this trip. The kid's annoying, right? <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> I was just for his parents. But I just did not expect that. I mean, there was no emotional arc building to this, you hell. <laughs> yeah, he went from zero to clinically depressed in like 10 seconds. Well, I mean, if this is QAnon propaganda, I mean, Qubit's obviously being a snowflake here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he needs to man up once again, Andrew Tate style. Pull himself up by his bootstraps, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, you know, take his ball back and, you know, you know, lay the smack down on old Coily or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, you know what? Jordan Peterson needs to come in and straighten this guy out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really need to work on a Jordan Peterson impression. Uh because he's got a real sort of specific way of like talking and anyway. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, basically Cubit runs away 
Um, and uh, let's see. And then somehow, this is really weird. In the very next scene, Qbert, he finds a note that Qubit wrote and left. And I don't even know how he would have the time to do that because Qubit just, after Q-Ball laid into him, he just ran away right then and there. At least that's how it looked in the scene. But apparently, all right, if you <laughs> want to wrap your head around the series of events, he, all right, he burst into tears, Qubit did, ran home, wrote a note, and then ran away. And he packed, because we see later he's got like some stuff packed. Right in front of Qbert, but Qbert was so angry that he didn't see any of that happen. So he must have gone home to queue off, <laughs> to <laughs> cool off. off. He went. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm like, is he going through puberty? What's going on? <laughs> he went home to cool off. Cubert went home, and then he found the note, and that's when they realized that uh, yeah. Cubert ran away, even though he announced. I think Cubert. Mm-hmm. I think Cubert. If you don't mind me presenting a conspiracy theory please, of my own, please go ahead. Uh, was up, lad. hoping. Yeah, yeah. I think Cubert was hoping Cubit would run away, get hurt. Uh, maybe they'd find his dead body and Cuber, everybody would feel sorry for him. And then they would give him the buggy. Wow. Wow. That is, yeah. uh, that's, a uh, quite a theory there, young man. And- I mean, he cursed at him and let, uh, the other guy, Q-Ball, uh, you know, berate his little brother, you know, you know that, yeah, sure. Your mother killed herself <laughs> or it wasn't your fault, you know, all kinds of stuff. I, I hear that in Cubertese, he called him the Q word, not the C word, but the Q word. The Q word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, Cubert finds the note, brings it to everyone else's attention in the community. <laughs> Ugh, one of Coily's gang members breaks down about the fact that they drove away a child into the wilderness. He has like a, uh, um, a crisis of conscience, and then he confesses that Coily was the one who threw the ball. Uh, and then Viper convinces Coily to help find Cubit because it may help him win in the end. They all right. separate and search. Uh, they reach a river, and then um, Q Eagle. <laughs> they just wanted to show his uh, his amazing like wood carving skills. He chops down a tree and builds a boat in a matter of seconds. I have a problem with this scene. <laughs> so they're hot on the trail of Cubit, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Q Eagle's helping them track because as a Native American, of course, he can just track him. Sure. Um, so they, like you said, they reach this river. How are we going to cross it? They have an Oregon Trail moment here. <laughs> and <laughs> so presumably at this point, Cubit's already crossed the river, right? Because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, he crossed this river. But they're like, how are we going to cross it? Well, how the fuck did Cubit cross it? He didn't build a canoe. So like, <laughs> and then we find the canoe was completely unnecessary because uh, Q Eagle chops down a tree, builds a canoe in a matter of seconds. And that's fine. It's a kid's cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to sit there and watch him build a canoe right. in real time. They all get in it. The canoe tips over because somebody stands up and then they just swim across so why didn't they just swim from the beginning? Right. right? I mean, that would then um, propose the idea that Cubit himself swam across, but then for whatever reason, the group was too lazy to want to swim and then made Q Eagle build a boat for no, just because they were lazy. Yeah, that I, I, I guess. Or maybe Q Eagle was just, <laughs> like you said, maybe he was just being a show off. Uh, Old Greenfield, I, you've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So then um, a bear. All right. So basically they get across, as you hell said. And now a, I guess it's a Q bear. 
the weirdest looking bear ever uh chases Qbert. i think the revenant ripped off this scene oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely you, you 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 could definitely see shades of Qbert in leo's performance yeah 100 percent uh, <laughs> Like that one part in the Revenant where like his nose starts growing and he like, swears just, and you can't understand the swearing. Yeah, right. Just the 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 speech bubble comes up. <laughs> you know that would make that movie a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're back with a Qbit and he gets to a ravine that he cannot cross. Um, so he grabs like a, a big uh, branch and sort of uh, moves it across. Which uh, I mean. Pfft, Cuban must lift because that was quite a large uh, tree for him to push across. Yeah. And um, so he walks across. With ease, too. Yeah, with ease. He walks across the log or tree, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, then he slips and just holds on to like a, a random branch. So now you've got your um, ticking clock here. Will Cubert and the gang make it in time to save uh, Qbit? All right, so Q Eagle is like, oh, hey, I have a rope. And Viper takes it from him uh, to give to Coily, so Coily basically can um, can save Qubit and get all of the um, you know accolades, so he can win the man. This is the most coveted prize in the, all of Qberg. This Q horse and buggy, my God. Um, yeah. So Coily throws the rope. He just sort of throws it into the ravine. Um, doesn't think to hold on to the end of it. So he throws the rope away. Viper says that Coily and the rope have one thing in common, no brains. Uh, and then Kubert says, maybe more than that. And he uses Coily for a rope. Cubit um, asks, um, so basically they save him, no problem. Uh, what do you think about Cubert's uh, quick thinking here? Or Cubert's quick thinking. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's fine, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think it's actually, I don't know, pretty crazy that they actually had Viper have sort of like a setup in order to kind of pay it off. <laughs> I, I just, I, I just like, Coily isn't long enough to reach him, but way like, and again, I know that this is a kid show, but like Coily is way too short to like stretch out and be able to reach him, even with Cubert like holding him out. Mm -hmm. So like, that really took me out of the realism. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean this isn't a documentary? <laughs> yeah, Steve, I'm starting to think this is not how Thanksgiving uh, came about. <laughs> it's not? Well, this is the way I was always taught in my family. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Cubert uh, and, and Qbit are now safe. Um, see, Cubit asks Qbert if he is still mad at him, which is kind of weird because, like, does did Qbert even know that that was his ball? And why would you even... <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, there's questions here, right? About the yeah. emotional... Hubert clearly has a short fuse. Yeah, I mean. apparently. I mean, it's obvious he's knocked Qubit around uh, before. I mean, yeah, <laughs> because, I mean, Qubit, as you said, he went his emotional arc after he was accused by Hugh Ball. I mean, he just basically freaked out and ran into the woods rather rather yeah. than to deal with Qbert's uh, wrath. Yeah, like like this was the culmination of years of emotional abuse with Qbert <laughs> and uh, Qball. Mm, I mean, uh, you know, you know, mental health is all the rage these days, and you know, Qbert was dealing with it back in 1982. I mean, this. Yeah, well, it seems like Q. It seems like Qbert was not dealing with his mental health. Well, I mean, the uh, show, the show, the show was. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> so get, get help everybody uh 
especially if you're, you know, in the Q-universe, you need to get some help. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Qbert says, oh, no, you're my little brother. Basically, you know, how could I stay mad at you? Blah, blah, blah. So Qbit says, let's get back and have the greatest Thanksgiving ever. Um, Qbit's got some real... Um... Uh, domestic uh, abuse syndrome where you like he'll instantly be like oh okay yeah everything's fine now you're gonna change Qbert <laughs> right. right right he'll change he's not gonna hit me no more he's different <laughs> so Coily is just laying on the ground and basically Viper comes and rags on him one more time she's the horrible driving force of all of his uh, decisions which is obviously you know another QAnon thing just blaming the women for all their problems yep yep <laughs> He's uh he's an incel, if you will, maybe possibly, yes. even though they didn't have that word back then. And he gets up and he uh he quotes the great Rodney Dangerfield. He says, uh, it's tough being a snake. I don't get no respect. Uh and that was like the only line I actually liked in the entire uh cartoon. Uh, so they get back to their sort of uh, you know, home cabin area, and this is so random. They arrive to see that random pigs who were never teased in the whole script or in the whole episode, random pigs have shown up and eaten all their food. Um, what, what did you were you able to wrap your head around these random pigs just showing up? No, like why they could have at least been in the background or had them be their own livestock, mm -hmm. and then they got out and they yeah, did everything. Yeah, they, like this is how they could fix this. I mean, and I know why the pigs are there. I mean, it's lazy, right. lazy writing. But all you had to do was show them on the cue flower and be like, oh, if we don't get to the to land soon, feed our pigs. They're gonna like eat everything, and then yeah, they can eat everything in the end anyway. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Uh, Q Eagle says they have plenty of food for everyone. So basically the only reason why the pigs were there were to eat all of the stock of the pilgrims food. And then they have no choice, but to, uh, you know, work with Q Eagle and have Thanksgiving. So there you go. Right. That's why they're there. So now we're back in the classroom. Teacher says, um, that uh, everyone was thankful. So they named the celebration thanksgiving uh and then humongous asks who won the q horse and buggy which is a question that i'm sure was on everyone's mind especially sure, yours i could tell that you mm. were thinking it and then basically they all argue one one person says Qbert won it no coily won it and then fade to black the end it ends on an ambiguous question are you gonna be yeah. able to sleep at night not knowing well, I, I mean i you when when they fade to black, you do hear very faintly in the back that the state media stole it, the deep state stole it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, if you play uh, this whole episode backwards, you you hear the uh, yeah. yeah they they put in yeah some yeah. sublime. And JFK is the president, also. Did you? <laughs> what? He's, he's alive and he's the president. Yeah, right, right. This is, <laughs> truly is an alternate universe, um, but. Uh, yeah, anything else to uh, add about our um, the amazing climax here of Hubert? Thanks. No, I, I I love how they fucking tease the whole time that it's they make the whole episode about winning this buggy, and then we never find out who wins this buggy. That I mean, who cares? I guess right because you can't take it anywhere with its square tires. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I want to say it's a MacGuffin more or less, like. Uh, yeah yeah just a reason to have the story uh so 
Um, why not have somebody win it? Like I know. I'm, I'm I mean, like... obviously, Hubert is the star of the show, even though I feel like there were actually more lines with Coily and Viper than oh, there, for sure. there were with Cubert. Well, Cubert's boring. He is boring. Like, oh, man. It's funny. When you see the picture of Billy Bowles and then hear Cubert's voice, you're like, that came out of that guy? But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I'm sure it's a much older picture of him than, it, than right, he was when he right. recorded it. Um, so shall we I, uh... oh, continue? Oh, no, no. I was just going to say that uh, I, I think that they should have ended it with uh Kubert winning right because he's the good guy mm -hmm. but have him go well you know Coily, you did help uh you know save cubit so why don't we share it you know that should be like the kids like thing and it also ties back into thanksgiving and sharing and blah 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 but no no they the, these cowards <laughs> at the saturday supercade wouldn't like let you win you know choose uh, a winner it's like, like a certain wrestling promoter that lately doesn't <laughs> want to have wrestlers <laughs> win or lose and uh well i mean greenfield was obviously more interested in pushing his QAnon agenda than actually having <laughs> a proper the truth steve <laughs> a proper plot and story to go with the cubert cartoon here um so yeah are you ready to render a verdict yes uh, i'm ready question all right, Q Hell. Do you think that uh, the Cubert Thanksgiving for the Memories cartoon, aka we'll just dub it the Cubert Thanksgiving special, should be tossed in the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again, or remembered for all of human history? That's going to be a toss up for me, Steve. Uh, I thought it was pretty boring. Uh, you know, I don't think that Cubert lends himself to like any kind of storytelling narrative. I mean, you really have to change the characters quite a bit. Like everybody has arms in this. They don't have arms in the game. Um, so it doesn't even feel like it's based on the game because mm -hmm. nothing from the game other than the character, a couple of characters like really pop up. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's a no for me, Stephen. What about what say ye? Oh, man. I mean, of course, everything you said is accurate, but I dare say do you think, you know, if a couple of, if you gathered around friends on a Thanksgiving, you know, uh, with a high blood alcohol level content, could you have fun with Cuberts like we just did? No. <laughs> <laughs> you could maybe have fun talking about it, I guess, afterwards. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't think it's like bad enough to like be entertaining either, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All right. So, yeah. You don't need to watch Cubert uh, on Thanksgiving in order to join or to enjoy Thanksgiving or to support Cubert's. I mean, really, the only way to do that is to play the game. So, Cubert, I'm sorry, but you are obliterated. The heathens have spoken. You are obliterated. Of course, we obliterated, Steve. We're part of the lamestream media. <laughs> uh. I mean, well, I haven't been getting our checks, buddy. Like, you need to get uh, old Mr. Lame on the phone and yeah, tell him need to get the yeah, update the Obscurity Now address because I haven't been getting any yeah, of our yeah. checks. But uh, just to yeah, be... I haven't gotten my I haven't even gotten my my Soros coupon book or anything. <laughs> uh. <laughs> just to be clear, 
We're, of course, uh, you know, obliterating the Qbert cartoon because Qbert is a is part of video game history and the game, and you'll never be able to obliterate that. At least, uh, I hope not. Yeah, yeah, it's just a cartoon, uh, this particular episode. Right. Really, but, what yeah. do you think, uh, I mean, have you seen, uh, did you ever watch Wreck-It Ralph? No, but I know that Qbert uh, pops up in, like, Pixels. I don't know if he pops up in Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, I actually haven't seen that, but I did watch Wreck-It Ralph, and I actually was quite triggered by Qbert's portrayal in Wreck-It Ralph because he plays oh, yeah. like this old broken video game character that's basically being put out to pasture and like screw you disney like you're broken you're the one who's being put <laughs> out to pasture uh, but honestly that sounds way more interesting than this cuber we watched uh today oh i mean so. uh rick and ralph is is pretty good um i think like it didn't like sort of live up to my expectations, but yeah, I'm sure it's uh, it's definitely better than this. Uh, so, but Steve, we do have a second question this week. Mm -hmm. Which was more racist towards Native Americans, Steve? <laughs> Small Wonders, a TV show we covered last week, mm -hmm. or um, uh, we covered their Thanksgiving episode, or the Qbert uh, Thanksgiving special that we just uh, watched? Uh, I would say Small Wonder. <laughs> I would also say small wonder. <laughs> uh, we were definitely right to obliterate that one, especially like, man, the TikTok algorithm did not appreciate the small wonder video that I posted. Like, it's so <laughs> low. Like, or maybe just there's just too many. Maybe maybe once it gets closer to Thanksgiving, it'll get uh, picked up. But yeah, yeah. Like, I would say if anything, uh, this Cuber to, to say something positive about it, it's you know for the time, considering this came out in 1983 pretty respectful of uh the native american americans they're not like treated like idiots right or like um you know i don't know like savages or anything like mm -hmm. that they're like treated as civilized and helpful and that kind of stuff so actually they're handled pretty well here whereas in small wonder <laughs> they're like they're like oh yeah uh why don't you uh go and pour honey on that guy and uh, feather him and let the ants eat him alive like the indians do oh gosh An actual line from Small Wonders, a family sitcom. Yeah. From the eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's why the TikTok algorithm hated it so much. It, it knew how well, racist I, they I, were. Yeah, which, I mean, hey, if a video is going to uh, not get pushed because, uh, you know, it's interpreted as being racist, okay. Yeah, I can live <laughs> with that. I can live with that. Uh, so, uh, anything else going on before we, uh, before we call it? Uh, no, no. Uh, this, uh, if anybody wants to watch uh, this episode of Qbert for whatever fucking reason, uh, you can find it on uh, YouTube, free of charge. Right. I mean, if anything, you should watch it so you can just uh, pick out all the uh, QAnon propaganda that was put into it, and then you know, yeah, present it to your uh, you know college class for extra credit or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I believe next Sunday is Thanks Killing Part Two. Uh, that is the last Sunday, right, of the month. I believe you are correct. And look at the calendar. No, no, because next Sunday is the twentieth, and then there's Sunday the twenty seventh. Oh, all right. Well, then we will be talking about something next uh, Sunday. That is not Thanksgiving two. Um, that will be saved for the final Sunday of uh, of, of November. Um, but uh, before we go, I 
I have two new covers for Escape to Earth number two. I guess maybe I'll uh, show them uh, next episode or something. Um, so the I'm working towards a new crowdfunder for um, issue two of Escape to Earth. Uh, you got any projects or anything you want to talk about? Uh, no, I've just still been plugging away on my scripts uh, very, very slowly. Uh, so yeah, nothing particularly new. I, I do, however, have an idea for something we can cover for the last uh, Thanksgiving episode. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the, well, I'm sure you're familiar with the A-Team, Steve, but they have a Thanksgiving episode. Ooh. I know they're not quite, quite maybe obscure, but you know, people aren't talking about the A-Team too much these days. I would love an excuse to talk about the A-Team. Uh, so yeah, I was going to actually... I thought about doing there's an incredible hulk uh thanksgiving episode but i would rather do like one of the thanks or one of the incredible hulk like movies like there's one that has like a very early interpretation of daredevil in it and then there's one that has an early oh. have you ever seen those an early thor as well no. well no, we'll, no, well we'll uh save those for another time but yeah a team sounds good um but uh until then um if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you uh, share it with your friends. And we'd love to have your sub and all that other great stuff. Uh, until then, we will see you uh, next Sunday as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscurity Now. And stay tuned for an Escape to Earth promo in case you have no idea what it is. See you next time. I'm having a weird, weird day. My name's Adam. Where I'm from... I'm known as the Zero Thief. Depending on who you ask, some might say I'm the best thief. But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. I ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Thief, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me, Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man, I thought you were gonna die. Cut me loose! Behind you! Whoa! Thought I was done for. It was gonna be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then, she showed up riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Thirty-six pages of insane dinosaur action. Issue one available now at reptilianmedia.bigcartel.com, featuring a variant cover by Sean Forney. Act now while supplies last. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. And take notice of our various social media links if that's what you're into. I'm not here to judge. 
And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now.